This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Glemsdahl. My guest this week is Stacy Sherman. Stacy is known as a change agent fearlessly dedicated to humanizing business and leading with the heart. She is a strategist and practitioner applying proven methodologies every day as a director of customer experience and employee engagement at a global company, Schindler Elevator Corporation. When not at her day job, she's mentoring, speaking, writing for Forbes, and working on her third book about doing CX right as a brand differentiator. Welcome to the podcast, Stacey. Hi, thank you. Yeah, so the, the first question I ask everybody, and it's kind of a uh, get get the brain muscles going a little bit, but what's one thing people might not know about Stacy? That I am a backgammon expert. I traveled as uh, in my youth globally in playing in uh, backgammon tournaments, and um, many people don't know that. Wow! Wow! So where was the coolest place? Your favorite place that you went playing? in these tournaments? Monte Carlo. Mm, that's awesome. Yes, it this was is, uh, really fun. Yeah, this is why I ask these questions because I, 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 I'm amazed of the people uh, and their answers. So uh, I, I love that one. Um, so the one thing that, I, that we've talked back and forth a few times on is um, not just talking about customer experience, but doing customer experience because a lot of companies talk about customer experience but why don't they walk the talk a couple reasons one is that they are i would say Mm short-sighted so they're not investing in the resources the people the technology um short-term thinking not realizing that is the long-term CX is the differentiator. Mm. I think that is changing and evolving um, qu- more quickly, but in essence, it's, it's the investment and it's the buy-in at the top. So even if you have people at the lower levels who really get it, if you don't have the champions at the top, it doesn't go very far. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Um, I think our first conversation, you were actually, when, when we were discussing what we should talk about, you were actually walking your dog at, at the time. And um, as I was going through the, some of the questions that I wanted to ask, it made me think of um, having this CX. So, so a lot of people build customer experience and then they just kind of set it and just don't do anything with it, right? They just put it on the shelf. And for my my thought through, and, and maybe I'm a little crazy, but it's like buying a dog and then not training it, not trimming it, not giving it a bath, uh, not taking it for a walk. And, and going back to customer experience, 
that's what you have to do. You have to continue to learn and look at the data and adapt. So maybe explain it and help me through this analogy so I don't look like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I, and I love the, do- the dog analogy because what's worse is that you get the dog, you don't do any of those things, but you expect mm. that something is going to happen without you actually making that happen without doing the work. And then you're getting mad at the dog. Right. (laughs) Right. You might even give away the dog and fire the dog. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's such a good analogy. So at, at my workplace, we are, there's a word that we use all the time every day. And it's about a drumbeat. It's the constant drumbeat that makes CX part of the culture. So for example, one of the things that we'll do is we survey our customers, thousands and thousands of uh, feedback mechanisms. And then we take that feedback and we do something. We give it to the product teams. We give it to the Salesforce, because that that front line is really an integral part of of making it work. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they do something. They follow up with the customer right away, both to say thank you for your feedback, but also um, I understand you're unhappy and resolve the pain point and then report back, what did they do? So there is this closed loop process. And that's what I mean, that drumbeat to to the the holistic approach, because first of all, if you ask customers questions and you don't do anything, that makes it worse. And then if you don't inform the right people to do the right thing for the customer, that is a recipe for disaster. So it's a drumbeat, it's a cadence, and it's applying best practices every single day. Mm. I like the drumbeat, but even more, I love it that it's a cadence because a cadence repeats itself. Um, and not, not necessarily repeats itself, but it's, it's a continuous, it's a loop. And so um, when it comes to that cadence though, how are you building that? Because, you know, kind of going back to the companies that don't do it necessarily well, they're saying uh, somebody who's not in customer experience is saying, why should I care? Like, why does it matter? My, my title is not customer experience. Oh. I, I'm not even a customer facing employee. Why does it matter to me? Oh, gosh, yes, you're hitting on a, a, on a nerve, um, a good nerve. But that, that's actually been my mission. I have literally been going around, um, been going around, indicating and helping everybody understand you have a CX job and may not even realize it. So for example, finance department, they totally impact how a customer pays their bill. If that level of effort is really hard and, and frustrating, the customer will uh, let us know it. And sometimes they'll leave even if everything else in the customer journey went well, if that's really troublesome, you know, that's that they'll leave and they'll tell others. So that's my point is that it's really helping every department understand how they impact the customer, how they impact other employees who have to deliver customer excellence and driving the accountability through metrics. 
Yeah. So speaking of metrics, is it, how do you drive that behavior? Is it, is it only about metrics or how else can you drive the behavior of customer experience inside an organization? So metrics definitely is a big part of it because obviously we're all reporting on revenue and expenses and all that and customer satisfaction scores. Everybody needs to own that, not just one person or one department. Um, I've seen firsthand, I've experienced firsthand what happens when it's just one department versus everybody. Um, That doesn't work. But um, also you really need to hire right. So the HR team when they're interviewing um, employees and onboarding, it's got to CX has to be part of it. And do you think that? So you think uh, all the way to the very beginning on the HR side needs to be measured on customer experience. And what would that, from your perspective, what would that metric look like? Well, from HR, there's that aspect of the internal employee satisfaction, internal NPS, internal. And you also can marry that with the customer scores. So let's say you have a sales branch. You want to look at the internal satisfaction and the customer satisfaction and really see the correlations and where do you need to help drive more employee engagement. Um, In fact, one of the things that, you know, inclusion and diversity is becoming a hot topic for good reason. And so I'm partnering with those leaders as we're trying to drive more employee engagement. So start with the inside because it affects the outside. Um, But yes, HR, there are those metrics. There is the collaboration with the customer team, the employee team. It's all got to work together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I love analogies, but the the one that just popped in my head just now was, you know, your organization is kind of like a body where if you start feeling like you're gaining a little bit of weight or you're starting to be a a heavy breather or your, your arm starts hurting or you have a, a toothache, you know, let's just stop at the toothache and you don't get that fixed the problem is only going to get worse. And if you keep ignoring it, you're gonna have to pull your tooth out, which is never a good thing. But how many organizations sit on that problem for way too long before it becomes an issue? And, and kind of what you said at the very beginning, if the, the customer's expectations are increasing every day. And so if you're not improving those pain points, uh, i.e. the tooth, they're going to leave Um, And sometimes without even telling you. Yes. So two comments to that. One is part of the problem is that um, there's a lot of company silos. So that's where I believe there are teams and customer experience teams are typically good for this is bringing the connections together, showing how it doesn't work working in silos so that we can solve the collective problems that impact the customer, not our own process. Um, But I also want to go back to the dentist. So you finally recognize the problem. Mm -hmm. What is also important is that now you need to go choose the dentist to help you. It's not going to be just how much he or she costs. 
And when price is relatively, relatively similar, you're going to pick that dentist who is going to um, really deliver a good experience for you from the moment you walk in the door to after, after the service is done. So it's, it's important because that's what companies have to really focus on. I like to say there's a reason I pay triple the cost for a cup of Starbucks coffee mm -hmm. than my local McDonald's. Yeah. And I think it's a couple of things. I think it's because it's consistent. You know what you're going to get. You know the experience you're going to have. But kind of going back to the dentist, you trust that dentist. You pick that dentist because you trust that they have the best interest for you. And uh, kind of going to, back to practicing what you preach, or or you know, uh, walking what you what you talk is, uh, you don't want to go. Um, you don't want to go to a dentist that plays one on TV, right? You want to go to a dentist that has the experience. And you're saying, "Hey, can you fix my teeth?" I just, you know, I got, I just tripped and fell on a sidewalk when I was walking my dog, and now I look like a, uh, a you know, a, a football player, a hockey player. Uh, please fix this. You're not going to go to that. You're not going to go to that. Uh, the 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 dentist that plays one on TV. Well, yes. But we also have to be careful of marketing, right? Because marketing and marketing budgets create a perception. Um, what we're talking about here is, yes, the good dentist, the smart, skilled, reputable dentist. But with that, I've had doctors, dentists, others that they might be the best. But if it is so difficult for me to get an appointment, or the person that's making doing the scheduling is really not um, pleasant, mm -hmm. and and makes it you know a, a frustrating experience for me. I don't care how good the dentist is. So that's why I say, and I continue to educate that everybody has to own the customer experience because they make or break it. Mm -hmm. And and it's not just. It could be what happens after you fix your tooth. It could be paying for the product and going through a painful process. Oh, you have to mail in a check because we don't do online payment or, you know, Hey, we called your insurance company, but they didn't, uh, the code wasn't right. Okay. Well, how can you help me? What are the next steps as though, so that you could be proactive and tell me what I need to do instead of just being like, Hey, good luck with that. Here's, here's the bill until you figure it out. Correct. And here's the game changer voice of customer. Mm -hmm. You have to have to get customer feedback at all the different touch points in the customer journey so that you know and can fix the, the challenges or where expectations aren't met. And that's also marrying it with the employee, the staff feedback. Uh, one does not replace the other, but that's the game changer, the voice of customer and, and voice of employee together. Yep. So I agree. The, so you, you, you have two separate roles. Uh, you, you have a lot of roles, you know, probably the, yeah. your favorite being is, is the mom. Right. Um, but you, the, you also have doing CX right. So what is your mission of doing CX right? 
Yeah, so um, I'm very passionate about this field of customer experience, both as a um, consumer. There's been too many frustrating experiences that don't need to happen. Um, and I know it from both angles. And, and then this mission, this caring to make experiences better uh, on a global scale so that we're, we're happier as, as humans and, and more satisfied as we are employees, as we are consumers. So it all goes hand in hand. And, my, and doing CX Right is a framework to achieve that and um, drive more satisfaction everywhere. So it's what I'm talking about, writing about, mentoring people on all of the CX methodologies. Mm -hmm. And so the, uh, I think the specifically the, the mission from what I uh, researched was inspire authentic connection and better experiences to increase satisfaction globally. Wouldn't, wouldn't yes. that be nice if that was, if that was just true across the board? It, it, it's true. And I'll tell you what's so wonderful about my day job that wasn't on a job description. And that is that I interact with people where the, my day job is uh, in, in about five continents. And so I get to talk to people all over the world and learn um, what does CX mean and how is it applied and all the differences and similarities everywhere. And the more that there are, you know, us out there, this goal can be achieved. It is a movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is. And it's, you know, you talked about the, the feedback loop of the voice of the customer. Uh, you talked about the, the importance of that. Um, what, when you get this feedback, what departments are you giving that to? What, what, what data are you pushing those reports to and saying, hey, uh, just want to let you know, here's some of the things that are happening. Here's, we're losing customers at the back end. Here's some of their pain points, et cetera. But what, how, who was receiving these, these, the voice of the customer results? So first and foremost is our frontline, our sales folks. Helping them be able to go on site, meet the customer, know what they're feeling, thinking, and helping them with best practices on how do you handle these particular pain points. Um, and, and the other thing is, for example, I mean, I'm in America, North America, and so what's happening and what's working well in California will be very different than what might be in Florida mm -hmm. and the culture of the areas. So it's really a, um, communicating the best practices and there's many, adapting them and personalizing them to that area, to that customer, to that segment. Likewise, I'm working with the product teams and digital teams to get to do prototype testing, to do concept validation before we launch products so there's quality over speed. So the stakeholders, uh, marketing too, testing value propositions rather than guess, what should be the brochure content? What should be the market messaging? Let's ask the customer, no need to guess. So a lot of people involved in that feedback 
solicited and unsolicited too that we capture. Yeah. Why is it that people don't ask the customer for feedback? Are they afraid of what they will hear? Oh, that's good. Um, I think partially fear, partially they feel they don't have any control on what they can do with it. And, and I want to address that one for a second because there is a lot out of our control mm-hmm. right now, especially. And, and so like, for example, if, if I'm in the service you know, industry and the customer's waiting on something and I know they're waiting and I don't know when they're going to get a particular product that they're waiting for. What could happen is what's natural is people just hide away until they know the answer or until it's going to be defined. And I say, don't do that. Pick up the phone and tell the customer, I haven't forgotten about you. I'm working on it. You know what? The customer's still going to be annoyed, but they're going to be more forgiving. Yeah. Not only will they be more forgiving, but they won't if you don't tell them what's going on, then they will start thinking of the worst things that are potentially going on. And so yes. uh, constant communication, maybe over communications at sometimes is, is key. So um, I asked two questions to every guest. Um, the first question is, is what book or person has influenced you the most in the past year? And then the second question is, if you could leave a note to all the customer experience professionals and it's going to hit everybody's desk Monday at 8 a.m., what would it say? All right. So the first thing I would say, I'll answer the last one first, which is what would I leave it on their desk at 8 a.m.? Um, or maybe I'll be sending them a text since nobody's in the office yeah. right now, <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, which I'll do. My answer is to make sure that you are intentionally listening. Um, Too often people are robotic. They're reading from a script and that doesn't work. The customer knows it. They feel it. So active listening Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and then personalizing the communication and responses really important. It's basic but it's not done enough. Mm-hmm. I agree. Great. And then the next one is what book or person has influenced you the most in the past year? I would say person is Oprah Winfrey, but I'll explain why more than her past talk shows and her books and her everything there is a show she has on apple tv and it might be on youtube Mm -hmm. called uncomfortable conversations i listen to it over and over because they are very uncomfortable conversations and she has a panel of people talking about uncomfortable topics (laughs) And I think by having those uncomfortable conversations, it is bringing more awareness and comfort and taking the elephants out of the rooms to bring more equality, to bring more appreciation. And it, and I think it's contagious. So that's my answer. Cool. Thank you so much. Uh, Stacey, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? 
So my website, doingcxright.com, doingcxright. And I'm on all social media as well. Um, and I welcome you to read my blog. There's podcasts, which I'll feature this one as well. And, um, and contact me for mentorship conversations. I welcome it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Stacey. This has been a blast. I always uh, enjoy our conversations and, and look forward to the next one. Thank you so much. Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing this episode with them. And last, if you would like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, you can go to pressonefornick.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Press One for Nick. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share. Until next time, focus on your customers. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.